So we see Paul, um, who really uh, knows about Philemon's nature. He is, in verse 7, one that refreshes the hearts of the saints. And Paul is sending his very heart back to Philemon, a runaway slave that's been converted, Onesimus. And he's really asking for Philemon to treat him right. Not necessarily to liberate him, although that'd be nice because Paul sure could use him. But, but to just treat him as a brother, to receive him in a, in a good way as God would want him to. And he says, if he owes you anything, put it on my tab. Of course, you owe me your life as well. And uh, he says, to conclude that section in verse 20, refresh my heart in Christ. So he's asking Philemon to do for him what he's done for others. If, if Philemon refreshes Paul's heart, and Onesimus is Paul's heart, then Philemon is going to treat Onesimus right, even though Phile- Onesimus had probably wronged Philemon, certainly by going AWOL when he was a slave, maybe even by robbing him. And so that's really the request that Paul makes to Philemon, refresh my heart um, by, by treating Onesimus well. That's basically through verse 20 and the kind of things we talked about. Anything we need to say on that? 21 to 25. Having confidence in your obedience, I write to you, since I know that you will do even more than what I say. At the same time, also prepare me a lodging, for I hope that through your prayers I will be given to you. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, greets you, as do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, Luke, my fellow workers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Well, uh, how does Paul feel about how he expects Philemon to receive this? He's confident. Yeah, he's confident in Philemon's... Obedience. Obedience, which is kind of an interesting word to use in this letter where Paul has been careful not to really order Philemon to do anything, was more appealed to him out of love, and yet still, the things he's asking him to do really involve obedience, but Paul's confident he'll obey, and in fact, do even more than what's requested. You know, he, he believes that, that Philemon will go beyond the things that Paul asked him to do. That's a typical approach of Paul. You know, to anticipate good from the people he writes to. Do you see a good reason for that? Rise to your expectations. I think that's exactly right. A lot of times when people know you expect them to do well, they'll do well. But if you expect them to do badly, they'll do badly. I mean, you know, uh, you just, you know, think about parenting. What about parents who always say, my kid's rotten, my kid's terrible, my kid always disobeys, my kid just... Well, if a kid hears that, what are they probably going to do? Live down to the parent's expectation. I was just in a Chick-fil-A the other day, and actually the couple of guys, who I think were baby people, they were on a business, you know discussion anyway, but they started talking about this. They heard it too. I heard them behind me talking. This woman says, I'll... I'll uh, you know, I'll explain it with my hand if you don't shut up, or something like that. You know, and and I hadn't noticed her until she said that rather loudly in the restaurant. But Sandra had been noticing all along since she'd been really negative toward the kids. But you know, a lot of times people kind of go up or down depending on what you expect. So Paul has high expectations of Philemon. He really believes Philemon will do more than what's asked. 
when's the last time we did more than what was asked? More than, than what somebody requested? Or maybe even more than what God asked? I mean, should we only do the bare minimum of what we think we can, you know, get by with in serving God? Or should we not do more than that? Because we love God. So that, Paul, Paul has uh, confidence in Philemon. Um, and then, what else does he ask Philemon to do? Prepare a room for me. Yeah. Well, that's not necessary, is it? Only if he plans on coming. Well, but where's Paul? In jail. In jail, prison. So how, I mean, you know, that seems kind of weird to say, uh, prepare a room for me when he's in prison. They don't usually let you out for uh, the weekend. (laughs) (laughs) So what's he have in mind? Spiritually? No. Well, he says he hopes through his prayers that he will be... Yeah, he thinks because of uh, Philemon and other brethren's prayers that probably he'll be released and will be coming to see Philemon and will need a place to stay. Uh, and he doesn't think that, you know, that's for sure. He said, I hope. We don't have a way to know for sure what God's will will be. But, you know, when he thought about being released from prison, he thinks about going to visit the brethren. He doesn't think about, man, <coughs> on vacation or, you know, whatever. He, he's really focused in on, you know, trying to do what he can to help. Uh, do you see a, a good reason in the context of the letter for Paul to tell Philemon he's probably going to stop by? Give him some accountability? Yeah, I think so. You know, um, if he comes by, he'll probably have occasion to figure out how things are going with Mr. Onesimus. You know, maybe even talk to him. Uh, maybe see how black and blue he looks. Uh, you know, whatever. So it's probably uh, helpful for Philemon's obedience that he knows that Paul's probably going to show up uh, before too long. Uh, So I think that's uh, interesting. Um, Now notice, uh, you know, when he says, uh, I will be given to you, I believe I'm right on this, it's a plural pronoun. You all. You know, Paul's not just thinking about visiting Philemon, but actually the brethren there as well. And then, in the conclusion, in 23 and 24, who sends greetings to Philemon? Archus and Gilus. Yeah, and... Luke. Epaphras. So you got five guys there. It's interesting that Epaphras is the first one he mentions. Where else do we read about Epaphras? Or where do we most read about Epaphras? That's Epaphroditus. Apparently Colossians. Colossians. Epaphras seems to have been the guy that kind of helped start the church in Colossae. And I have every reason to believe that Philemon was a part of the Colossian church. I think think that's where he is. And so Epaphras would be, you know, somebody who started that church. Interesting that he's sending greetings. He's a fellow prisoner. So I'm guessing that means he's in, in prison with Paul. And then he sends greetings from others like Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke. His fellow workers, you know, they're all working together in the cause of Christ. And it's interesting that first century brethren always were wanting to send greetings to each other. They cared about each other. They thought about each other. They were, they were trying to encourage each other. 
And then he says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Uh, so he wishes the best uh, for, for Philemon. Thoughts and comments? Well, like as in a lot of things in the Bible, it seems to me like there's more than one way to read this story. I, I believe this story really happened, and these are real characters and all that. But I think that there's another level of meaning in this story, because I think that uh, this story is kind of our story, too. Do you not think that? Who are we like in this story? Onesimus. Onesimus. Well, now, when, when Onesimus, I mean, before this story started, where was Onesimus? He was a slave. He was a slave of who? Philemon. So Onesimus had a rightful owner. And then what did Onesimus do? Ran away. He ran away. And may have even stolen. So this is like us. We have a rightful owner that we've abandoned, right? And wronged. And... From what we know about runaway slaves, what should have happened to Onesimus? Sins of death could be pronounced. Yes, exactly. And what about us? Since we've run away from our rightful owner and sinned, what should happen to us? Now, what could Onesimus himself have done in that situation to change that sentence? Nothing. Nothing, really. You know, and kind of like us, we can't really do anything. What was his only hope? An intermediary? Yes, to have someone intercede for him. Who did that? And who does that for us? Jesus. Jesus. Now, if, if I'm right in kind of looking at Onesimus' story as our story, then Paul's part in this is kind of like Jesus' part. So, think about some of the things that Paul does that remind you of what Jesus does for us in this story. Can you see some things? Put his bill on my account. He absolutely assumed full responsibility for Onesimus' debt. You know, whatever Onesimus owed, Paul will stand good for. Well, did we owe anything? An unpayable debt. So what's going to happen with that debt? It's going to be paid by Jesus. Yeah, it's already been debited to Jesus' account. It's already been paid in full by Jesus. You know, so the same way that Paul was willing to stand good for whatever Onesimus owed, Jesus has stood good for what we owed. Can you see some other ways of looking at how Paul is like Jesus? Not only does he like work with God, but he works with Onesimus. Yes. Save him. And yes. Good point. That's right. So he's helping Philemon, he's helping Onesimus, and he's arranging the reconciliation between them. What does he use to reconcile Onesimus and Philemon? 
What does he kind of uh, lean on to get that job done? Philemon's goodwill. And his relationship with Philemon, his closeness to Philemon and all that, absolutely. Notice verse 12. How did, what was the relationship like between Paul and Onesimus? So, it's like Paul sort of identified with Onesimus. You know, like, Onesimus, I'm sending you my very heart. Well, what are we to Jesus? His very body. You know, he identifies with us, totally. Uh, and, and, and he wants Ones- uh, Philemon to receive Onesimus like he were Paul. And God receives us like we were Jesus. And so, in some ways, we are all Jesus's Onesimuses. Or should that be Onesimai? I don't know. Chris, UPS guy's coming up the box. Mm-hmm. He'll just leave it on the door. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. You never know. Your birthday's coming up in six months. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> he <laughs> might have passed out at the door. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> He's retreating. <laughs> so is Philemon God in this picture? Well, I don't quite see those. Pictures. No, I mean he's not, but he's kind of in that role in this situation. You know, it's just a picture of what happens. And I don't see Jesus leaning on God to try to get. He ever lives to make intercession for us. Not necessarily leaning on him, but I think Jesus and does intercede for us. I don't think Jesus No, but in a way, there are times and different things throughout the Bible uh, addressing God, and it's like, God, you said that you would do this. Right. You know, so, you know. Yeah, it's not, it's not the God-like doesn't want to save us but I do think Jesus intercedes I think he he is he arranges the reconciliation I understand God's behind that it's not like you know Jesus just has to talk God into it because God really didn't want to but okay he'll do it for Jesus and we're not trying to say that and I don't know that that was the case with Philemon either I mean we don't ever hear from Philemon I'm assuming that Philemon accepted this well and gladly and was glad to take Onesimus back and either brought him back as a slave, or he may have released him, for all we know. Um, it's not a, not, not every detail is parallel, but I think those parallels are strong enough to at least make us think about that there's actually a deeper thought in this that I think is pretty valid. Uh, I think that's cool. It's, it's just like, you know, the story of Jesus and, and the gospel is just everywhere in the Bible. I mean, it's just kind of imprinted on everything. There's hardly anything you can see that doesn't somehow remind you of that. And I think with God's purpose. I think that's part of his, his plan. I'm not trying to say this wasn't a real story. I'm just saying, here's a real story that, again, is kind of a, a, a shadow of, of us in the Lord. Are you convinced, Mom? I still have bothered by the whole story. <laughs> So the story itself has not convinced her yet. <laughs> I have a hard time with how Paul is passive-aggressive. That just bothers me. Well, just like someone would give reasons why they have authority to command, he's giving reasons why his appeal makes any, any difference, why his request makes any difference. Like, you wouldn't just go and 
request of some random dude. I request you to do this. I could uh, order you to do that. Well, but it would have no first effect. First 19 is the worst. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wonder if not That's to mention is a hard translation. Like well, maybe another Maybe it's not supposed to be like, oh, not to mention. <laughs> throwing that out there. Well, it's more like, it's my birthday. This this ball sound too female for you. That could be the tone, but you know, just that's a that's a jab. I think that's a jab at all. I mean, I don't think he's trying to put Philemon down. He's trying to help him do the right thing. Yeah, you would say whatever you needed to say to try to get somebody to do the right thing. I mean, we want Philemon to do the right thing, right? Well, then, then that calls into question. I guess I'm looking at it from the point that you keep saying you really think Philemon's going to do the right thing. Well, if he's going to do the right thing, you don't need to do this. So then that leads. Well, this is part of the reason he's going to do the right thing. Maybe Philemon wasn't quite <laughs> as upstanding as one would think if you well, have to put all this pressure on him. I mean, think about it. How do you feel about this slave that goes AWOL and robs you blind when in the process? I don't know if that really happened that way, but it may have. I mean, you know, and then he comes back with his tail between his legs. You know, I mean, I don't know. I, I, sometimes it's hard to, uh, you know, just say, oh, yeah, now you're sorry and everything's okay. What about all that money you took? What about all that time you didn't work? You know, you think you just come back in. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to do anything. You know, I mean, we're going to have to have some consequences here. You know, you can understand that. You know, we feel that way. I don't disagree with that. This, And I don't disagree with Paul trying to persuade Philemon. This just right. seems to be a little over the top. Paul didn't think so. Well, another thing, though, when you're writing this letter, and <coughs> you've been with Onesimus, and you know Philemon, and you're telling Onesimus, I'm pretty sure he'll take you back. <laughs> and I want to write this letter. Yeah. What do you write? A one-liner? Hey, I'm sending him back. I know you'll do the right thing. See you. <laughs> so, just to cover all the bases, you cover all the bases. All the way up to the point of, well, even you owe me. <laughs> you know, why not? It's Yeah, absolutely, because you're not seeing his reaction as you go. Right. So this is, he's got to do it in a letter. I do think he's really concerned. Yeah, so he should write the first one, you know, take it back. If this doesn't convince you, read the next paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> if you're still not convinced, read on. <laughs> uh, I read, know I'm getting to you, now read on. <laughs> <laughs> read until you, uh, you know, the eyes roll back to the in your head Right, or keep reading until you do exactly what I thought you would do. <laughs> maybe. And maybe part of it is he's pretty sure Philemon will do the right thing after he reads this whole letter. Yeah, exactly. So it could be that he might not have done the right thing, except with a letter like this, now he definitely is. And, <laughs> and to some extent, I mean, would Philemon know what the right thing to do was? In the sense of, I'm I, I'm a slave owner, I, I have a legal right, um, you know, the cultural imperative that I can do what I want with this slave and but even though he has become my brother in Christ and and I'm a Christian now and all of this should I should I turn him over to be you know punished according to the law of the land or the culture of the land what should be my response and Paul is saying this should be your response so 
I mean, and I mean, how do you deal with we we learn about slaves and masters in other places? They had to be told, slaves obey, masters be good, you know. And so I'm just wondering if that also plays into making sure that Philemon knew this is the right thing to do and this is okay to do. Oh. And oh yeah, it's my birthday. <laughs> Just see. Just see. <laughs> Anything else? Alright, well, let's move to the church of which I believe Philemon was a part, Colossians. <coughs> church of Colossi. And um, <coughs> 